Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pink Tron. So this week we've got uh, Steve Pritchard, and he's currently drinking something. What, what you got there? Uh, I am drinking soda water with orange uh, squash cordial in it, uh, but it is in a Guinness glass, which I'm yeah, you, you have me fooled there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm at least making a nod to the traditional, slightly more drunken drop. And we've also got Craig Martin. What are you drinking? So I am drinking a Partake Hazy IPA at 0.3%. <laughs> and, and why is that? Will you be hopping on the bike in a minute here? I will, and it's a very bad idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've, I've got some mango and grapefruit juice uh, just mixed together. Uh, but we are kind of limited on time because Craig is going to be doing... Uh, race two of HSRL this week on France Classic Fondo. Uh, have you looked at the route yet? I have. <laughs> um, uh, you just mentioned that it's a bad idea. Why is it a bad idea? Because I haven't done a ride over an hour in three weeks. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, it's not the whole route. So it's not that bad, but it's 64 what nine kilometers or whatever it is it's 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 a lot um, it is a lot and we have a lot of sprints and aqueducts and petty koms so yeah so i'm just looking at uh chris greenland's uh time from this morning and he did it in an hour and 45 yeah so uh and i saw antoinette smith uh, in our in the Pinktron chat, said that it was about two ten, two twelve for uh, the D's. So this is not a short, not a short ride. It it's not. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of intense efforts in there. So yeah, and I, mean, I think what is it ten segments? Uh, let me bring that back up. It was a total of sixty five point nine kilometers. And ten segments, so that's Petit Kom twice, Aqueduct twice, and then the other six are flat sprints. Uh, yeah, it looks like that's Pave, Ballon, Marina, Pave, Ballon, possibly Ballon again. <laughs> Depending on where uh, no, so it's uh, from the Zwift Insider map. Yeah, so um, it's it is Marina Reverse, Pave Reverse, Aqueduct Reverse, Belon Reverse, Marina Reverse again, Pave Reverse again, Aqueduct Reverse again, Petit Kom, then Belon Sprint forward, Petit Kom again, and then the finish. And the finish is, uh, in the. Does it turn right again and you end in the intestines again? Um, I think that's where the yes. finish is. Yes, the uh, finish. Marjolaine said something about said yeah. something about it being she tried to time it so that it was on one of the bigger uphills in the Yeah, just because that's even more fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so utterly brutal. Uh this is a good a good uh finale for this series um yeah i'm 
I've been sick. I'm not sure I'm going to be racing this, but if I do, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I was thinking about doing race three. So it's 8 a.m. UK. Um, I'm not sure I quite fancy like getting up early enough to make myself a proper breakfast to do a two hour race, which is probably what this requires. Um, I can just about do a one hour HSRL on no breakfast and an energy gel, but like two hours of riding, I, I might die. Um, but and France is interesting though, isn't it? Like, <clears throat> it's actually quite a long way to Aqueduct, which is your first, like that bit before Aqueduct where there's some rollers and then Aqueduct is where it's going to get properly spicy the first time. And I don't know whether people will be a little bit steadier, especially season D's knowing oh, yeah. it's quite a tough ride uh, rolling out. But So I remember maybe. one of the first races where I was like, you know, in with the herd and doing, doing stuff regularly. I, I remember uh craig you were in the seas with me uh yep. and we did the long um the, we did petit uh, boucle i believe it was yeah yeah and it was it, it basically felt like a group ride uh that was punctuated by a whole bunch of little efforts but every after every every effort everyone was just like all right let's calm down again because it was because it was two hours and then it really got spicy again once the bees caught the that c group yeah were we in the same race that time i think so yeah i don't remember that happening but i will uh i'm gonna go look yeah it felt like when i got into the bees pretty much all we raced was france um because it was fairly new at the time and i just remember never getting to aqueduct in any race it's actually super flat theory fairly easy to stay with the bunch and i'd just get dumped for those bastard little rollers before aqueduct come every time <laughs> so yeah have fun uh good yep. ride two hours for a d a bit faster for other people uh what what bikes are we going with clearly i will go with pink tron because I, I hopefully i'll remember to change off my time trial bike that i rode on <laughs> yesterday um and then i will go for pink tron because that that's i'm just lazy and go on that bike every time but it's probably there were probably better choices than that i don't think that's a bad choice though it's really not. Um, I was very much in between. Do I go Falero or the Tron? Um, and the climb is not steep. The climb is not steep, and it, yeah, there's no point in anything climbier than that. I don't. I don't think. Um, if you if you don't have disc wheels, it's the most aero thing you've got. Um, that's a, outside of TT bikes. Yep. Although, I mean, if you are dropped in solo, uh, a switch onto a TT bike, there's enough flat here to make that worthwhile. So, yeah, yeah, there's, um, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I Just something pretty arrow that you don't mind doing a climb on. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that's, that's enough for... For HSRL this week. Um, yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna look at Pity Com's gonna be the, the an aqueduct is gonna be the difference makers. I was just looking on Strava actually. So like my best ever ever must have been when I was close to B's as a six twenty-four. And it's pretty like, fast. Uh I've done I'm probably I'm probably looking at look at where I am now, probably closer to ten minutes. So but it's pretty like I say it's pretty flat. I think it's sort of average is under four percent. Um so yeah, sit and sit and tempo it. Yeah. I mean, in terms of doing well in the series, you could do well overall by just being a good sprinter on this course. Uh yes. even if you're 
even if you don't have a good good climb in you if you can do whatever it is eight i i, I count uh, the aqueduct as a, a sprint like it's eight sprints yep yeah definitely and with smaller fields as well like you're not losing so much by like not getting gc so yeah if yeah. you can pick when when you're going to be in the bunch well uh over some of the sprints so good to work what are we going to move on to next then sure uh we've got herd beginner racing uh this week sticking around in france we've got uh deuce france uh for is it one lap i believe it is yep yeah one lap 11.3 k um that does not have the... I don't think that's even one lap. I think that's, that's not finishing. one lap. That's an early yeah, I think that's yeah. fin- I, I'm it's about halfway. Finishing, might be finishing at Parve Sprint. Um, at the, the according to Zwift Insider, the Aqueduct KOMs at ten and a bit. So I don't know if that includes a lead in. So it might be they might be trying to finish it at the top of the Aqueduct, which would be quite cool. Yeah, um, it's it's the same finish line that uh, the. HBR had in February. Um, so if you raced that one, you will know where that finish line is. But yeah, looks like it's probably at the top of the aqueduct or, or shortly after. Uh, again, this one's probably full arrow. Uh, un- well, Tron, if you've got it, might not be a bad choice because, you know, you might not have disc wheels. But I think the, the main thing with this is this starts, this is the like reverse France route. So you're going counterclockwise on this. So you start through the kind of more rollery yep. bit. Yeah. Um, so I've certainly found racing this way, it's worth burning a match or two to stay with the group because that, that bit's going to be tough at the start. Like if you can put the pain on, if you're strong in the group, if you stay with the group, it's well worth it. You've actually got then probably a good 5Ks of sitting on super flat bits of France in the group trying to recover um, and obviously we all know being the group's a huge advantage when it comes to the sprint so yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a bit of a tasty start on this one but then you have got some time to recover before uh, before the finish. Yeah the, the first 2k are the hardest the first 5k are harder than the second 5k so it, it really is just get through that first roller bit and then stick in the group until that that finish um that we're brings gonna us bike. To, bike on that one yeah well. air, most arrow that you've got and that might be tron but uh i i'm not actually up on what the fastest lower level bikes if you're if you're new but uh check swift insider if you've if you are yeah i think uh it. what is it the the nuclear uranium or whatever it is is lower level and very nearly as fast as the very fastest. And really cool the well. uh, the Zip eight hundred eight wheels are relatively low level and the fastest for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Climbers so, Gambit. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just I just double checked. That is one lap of Deuce France. It's not a. Uh, it doesn't end early. So. Oh, okay. So the we need to change kind of kind of what we said still holds. The first half is the hard half, and then it's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the first ten k, and then the rest. But no, even that, even as you'd say, the first two k, then you got a bit of a tough bit of ten k when you got the aqueduct, and then it is super flat after that. So 
like wheel suck Bowser, sit on the back of the group, gear yourself up for that sprint because attacks aren't going to stay away. But yeah, cool course. Great. Uh, moving on to Herd Climbers Gambit, our segment-based climbing race that uh, we were talking about James stealing for for Zwift last week. Uh, so this week we've got the Epic KOM via Big Loop. So you have 5Ks before you get to the climb. So this could be one where you do your warm-up a bit before you start, but you can warm up some on course. And then you've got the Epic KOM. We've all raced it. Um, it's a 9.5Ks at 4%. Um, ends up being somewhere around 30 minutes for Cs. Uh, low 20s for for A's probably. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's a, and this one definitely is a climb that isn't just a sit on your 20-minute power, even though it's a roughly 20-minute climb or 20 I, to 30 for most people. Yeah. I it's, kind of agree, uh, except that first 20 minutes or so uh, until you get to the rollery bits on top, you can mostly do that. Um, it is kind of pitchy, but like, yeah, I, I think so. That that first pit, so going hard on the first pitch, there's a, there's some time to be made there for sure, and because then there's the long kind of three four percent on the on the endless bridge. Yeah. Uh, then it's then it's a pretty solid pitch after that, except the flat bit through the castle, but then yeah. it goes up and down towards the finish. Yeah. So. Outside of that bit through the castle and that part on the bridge, the the bridge is three percent for eight hundred meters. Yeah. The uh, there's two hundred meters at flat through the castle, but basically the first six and a half k, most of it's around six to eight percent. Yep. Uh, and that that is about like my best twenty minute power was basically to the rollers at the top of that um last last year um yeah i think i think this is a like the first little squiggle before you get to the bridge like you go hard there and then you settle into your tempo and then if you've got some stuff to give on the rollers like there's a bit to be gained there but uh actually nice you... genuine like there aren't that many climbs on swift but i really like epic like, uh, like it's a it's a really cool climb do you go climbing bike on this or do you go tron i think it's climbing i think it is climbing because i'm very very badly prepared um for those events but on this one yeah it's it's a tough one to say isn't it because it is i think you've heard you guys say on the pod before it really depends where you are I think if I'm where I am at the moment as a D, there's probably more advantage to me in going climbing. I think if I'm Matt DeVratis, I'd probably go Tron because he's probably going that little bit faster to be getting some more of the aero benefits. So, yeah, if you depends a bit where you are. And I think probably C's like high C, B is probably the, where that split is, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yep. So Herd of Mountain Goats is on Quatch Quest. Uh and yeah. where is the finish of that? So this is this is not Herd of Mountain Goats is not segment only, it's drafting, isn't it? On this. Yes. So 
like the most interesting thing obviously so you go epic com jungle loop alp do you change bike <laughs> uh is is this finally where there's a bike change on this ride so <clears throat> i think there is um where or sorry this goes this does the whole jungle doesn't it yeah yeah so you think you you bike change in the jungle this is what I'm interested in. So I'd be fascinated in this one. I would probably bike change at the top of the Epic Com because I don't think I'm going to lose that much in the descent on the bike. And that's where I'll be going slowest and it's quickest for me to change. And then change again at the end of the jungle when it when I get out back on the tarmac to hit the Alp. Ooh. I don't know about that, Steve. <sighs> so you want to you want to change to a gravel bike at the top of Epic? Yeah. You're losing time. I think you're. I think you're going to lose the group. I think you're going. You're going to if you're. If you are ahead of a group, and there's nobody, it. It could work if you think you're going to get caught anyway on the descent. That's the only spot I can see. Even then, I think there's a pretty good chance the group drops you if you're on a gravel bike on that descent. Yeah, the gravel bikes are pretty slow on tarmac. Well, especially as the as the speed increases, they get mm. worse and worse. So it, mm. the, a descent like that is is a bad one. Um, I, I think I would change the same place I usually change on the um, that last bit of uphill by the uh, by the jungle pens if I was going to change. Um, I so we had this discussion. Last week, there was, um, was it, uh, maybe there, there was something that, that started with a descent through there. Um, but it was tour of fire and ice. We talked about this. Yeah. So I think the difference here, Sean, is that, um, this goes down the long side, like the, this side of the jungle. So this goes down the long side of the jungle loop, not the way that uh, Road to Sky does. Okay. So, but again, it depends. I mean, if it's, yeah, it, it all depends on whether you're going to lose the group or not. Um, I can't imagine that, like, again, I, I don't think that the groups are going to be pushing through the gravel there. No. You're probably and right. It really like what matters is how how hard you can do the Alp, right? After doing all this other stuff. Yeah. It'd be fascinating. I don't know how big the field would. This would be fascinating with a big field, right? Yeah. Because there'd be some people who'd be fancying being tough to like splinter the groups up up epic. But like the Alps are pretty <laughs> the Alps are pretty solid effort, even for an A. Like that's that's 40 minutes like going pretty hard after 35 k's like yeah you gotta be you gotta be saving yourself a bit when you get there haven't you so it'd be interesting to see how people ride this yeah yeah this is this is a a, a pretty big pretty big ride for uh for a one-off mountain goats ride finishing on the alp uh after finishing on the alp last week as well <laughs> um all right, moving on to the Stampede, our time trial series. Uh, this week it is on Innsbruck Ring, 
and I it says it's 11 no 15 and a half K let me make sure um yeah 15 <laughs> is that 14.5 K and I think it finishes on the second uh <laughs> leg snapper Look, looking at the course route, I mean, is that trying to finish up the leg snapper? So I think so. Very, very interesting TT course. This so it's actually I, I do a local TT which I love because it's quite rolly and it's really hard to just you can't just sit sit at tempo. You have to like put you have to hit hard bits hard and then try and recover. And I think that's that's going to be the same with this. Like the you need to hit the leg snapper hard when you go up it. There is a bit of recovery, but. The rest of it is fairly flat round into the ring, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of bumpy enough that I think it could knock you out of rhythm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you want to sit at it's going to be about a twenty to twenty five minute effort probably. Uh, obviously on a TT bike, um, and I think that. All of the the rolly bits outside of the leg snapper climb and descent are shallow enough that you're going to want to stick near whatever your target power is, but it's going to be how hard you can hit that that climb without blowing yourself up for that second lap, and then whatever you've got left on on the second lap. Yeah, I might try this one this week. I might. I'm not probably not going to do tiny races this weekend, so I might give this a go on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, this is a good one. This looks like a bit of stupid fun. <laughs> uh, so I guess that that brings yeah, us. To no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I'm not up with the TT bikes. So is there a like? I know there's some more climby TT bikes. Like I'm guessing Innsbruck Ring like, is not really enough of a climb to make a difference with those. So. I don't think so because you're doing multiple laps of it. So I think there's enough downhill and height that are going to be at high speed that I, I I don't think there's I don't think it's worth going to the lighter TT bikes. I, I think the the Cadex is the the way to go. In a, in a moment that to add to a list of many moments where I wish we recorded uh, when we did these kinds of things, Sean was temporarily replaced by a dog, but I'm I'm pleased to say he's back now. <laughs> Yeah. Did she get um, up on the chair? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So I think we now go on to Bullseye, which is on Queen's Highway. It that is. is right. A classic Bullseye route, Queen's Highway, seven laps. That's a, that's a great one, actually. Yeah, this is, this is, uh... I, I remember having a really fun Bullseye race against Oyan um, on this, who... I could do tempo. So you basically have the last third of the lap is uphill to the sprint. And I could ride, I basically hit that as hard as I could because I just wasn't beating Oyan in sprint. It's too, too fast for me, but I could just about gap him and stay ahead. And he'd sprint super hard on that flat bit and try and catch me up. And we basically did that for six or seven laps of pain. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a fun course for a kind of non-sprinter, I think, because there are ways, because it's first crossed the line in Bullseye, isn't it? So um, there are ways in which you can get that gap from sprinters and uh, have a bit of fun. Great. Uh, so just, just briefly, next week's HSRL will be on McCurry 40 and uh, the HBR will be on Greater London Flat. Uh, now, 
There's two things I want to talk about about uh, those two series, though. HSRL starting, so the next series, the next series is only going to be four weeks long. And categorization is by compound score. This was what I wanted to talk about for the Around the Horn. <laughs> yep. And uh, the the other thing that I wanted, so we'll, we'll get into a little more detail, but the other thing on HBR, and I neglected to mention it when we were there for this weekend, but it is for this weekend too. Um, we now have multiple categories for HBR. So A, B, and C. A is D category, but above 2.3 uh, watts per kilogram ZFTP. B is above 1.7 or between 1.7 and 2.3. And then C is below 1.7 watts per kilogram. So what we really want to do is open that up so that, yeah, people that have not had a chance to compete for races before have a chance to. So, oh, that's really cool, and I think I really like this series. Like, it's a really cool way of just getting people in. Like, jump racing is what keeps a load of us in Swift. Like, we're on a podcast talking about racing, so probably preaching to the choir. But I think it's a really cool ride, and like you say, like it's a great race where you can jump in and be in a category like a narrower category where you're going to be racing people who are as good or bad as you feel that you are um so it'll be super competitive uh, uh, can someone we... explain compound What's so it? yeah what the compound <laughs> score is is you take your best five minute power and you multiply it by your five minute uh watts per kilo so it is it it is essentially it's based on your your five minute power, but it it weights things so that uh, a smaller, higher watts per kilo person will be in the same category as a bigger, higher raw power person. Um, it is there. There have been studies that show in in like in real life in real life racing, this is actually a really good predictor of who does well in races. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zwift ranking or Zwift racing app that that does a lot of rankings uses compound score to kind of uh, start you off based on what your category should be. And that does a pretty good job of uh, estimating like what general area you're likely to end up with, with your, you know, who you're, who you're beating and who you're not. Um, there are, I've been uh, one of, one of the chats that I'm in has been freaking out because uh, a lot of people are getting put in categories that they are like, I don't think I should be in that category. Um, but they're actually, completely different categories. They are. And, and so that is, is something to talk about. I, I'm a little afraid because I realized I did an effort in um, in HBR or the uh, H, HWR, the Winter Racing League, that would have put me in the A's for two months. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I've ever done a five, a, a five minute effort isn't really my thing. Um, repeated one minute or two minute efforts are kind of my thing. So, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever been, I, I probably have, cause I, I was really close to a, even on 20 minute power, which was never been my thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, this is fixing some problems with categorizing on 
FTP or 20 minute power. It's it, that doesn't predict who's going to do well in races. Now it does keep people from being cl- just climbed away from, but uh, then the people that are the best at climbing get into the higher categories of people who are equally good at climbing and also can pound them on, uh, you know, punchier things. So I think at the top level, and I think, uh, so firstly, Marilyn explains it really, really well. Um, I did actually understand from her explanation um, uh, how the categorization is going to work. I think it's kind of one of those mental bits of juggling that you have to do to go like, oh, no, I'm an A. No, no, no. A is a is just a different boundary at the moment so everyone there'll be loads of different a's there'll be loads of different b's c's d's um it's just a different way of categorizing it's only for four weeks then they're going to try something different um so i think this is really cool like it's it's gonna be racing against some different people it's probably largely when you change categories most of the people you're already riding with are mostly the same like you're you're probably like you're only shifting people at the edges of the boundaries anyway mostly aren't you so you'll probably be racing a lot of the same people. I think it's really cool that we're trying something different. Um, and yeah, I'm really annoyed that I appear to have done my best five minute power ever um, at the beginning of May. <laughs> so <laughs> I may get bumped up a category I don't want to be in. So. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think that, that those are good points. These are, it's, it's a test. It's four weeks. Uh, hopefully uh, this does actually work with, Zwift for actually doing the auto categorization um, and category enforcement based on this. Uh, I, I don't know that <laughs> trusting that that Zwift is going to actually work that way is is uh, with a stretch, but we'll see. Um, I don't think we're the first ones to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, so you should be just, only um... allowed to join the categories that you are supposed to be in so no. uh, this isn't something where you have to go in and do any calculation on what your compound score is uh, but if you want to sign up for the Zwift racing app and it's on there yeah uh, I think it's yeah. really important like it is it works the same way go into go into the companion app select the lowest category that you're able to join will be the like you won't be able to select a category that's too low for you you can still race up if you want to it's interesting I see Steph um etienne's just posted on mario line's post uh, a look at the d's um and it will move one of them up into b who's clearly just done a, i mean chris i think was probably going to move into c's anyway based on what he's been doing recently and i know nate holmes said he'd been he's categorized as a c now based on last weekend's race so um yeah it's, it's gonna it's if the he's looked at i think it looks like the top 20 riders and it's moved probably uh try to count i think that's six into c and chris into b so like it's shuffled it's like we said it's shuffled that boundary about a little bit but actually of those top 20 most of us are still in the same category most of us will still be racing with each other it's it's not made any difference so yeah. um yeah it's gonna be fun be interesting to see how it changes things up i'm i'm interested in seeing how it goes as well i i think that my assessment before we really get into it is that um for in real life racing this would work great um i'm not sure that these with physics um necessarily balance this that this balances things great but i'm here to see how it goes i think that the the questionable bit is 
you know, you end up with pretty low watt per kilo uh, heavy people against really high watt per kilo light people. And mm -hmm. on the flats in real life, you put, you just keep doing high watts and, and you might actually be able to drop that light person um, where it's, if in Zwift, there's something about the draft and, and how that goes that it, it's a lot less like likely. You can't just make light people work really hard if they've got uh, high watts per kilo. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it goes uh, because there's definitely a the lighter um, lighter riders with less surgy, less sprinty, um, typically don't do well. Now the the guys that have a really steep power curve and are really light yeah they're absolute monsters and they're going to continue to be monsters in this but uh yeah i'm interested to see how it goes i think i think it will correct some things where i mean especially at the very top of categories the guys who are huge watts and yep. just under the watts per kilogram yeah. um they, they dominate and they dominate everything so yeah absolutely we, this will change that a bit yep my, I, I had a, a moment where I did some calculations and, and started being a little, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know about this when I realized that uh, I would have been classified as an A and Lauren might have been in the C's. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, I mean, God, I, I find this quite funny because for me, I remember talking to Craig a couple of years ago, like this, it's, it's not a floor of Zwift. It's just a, a floor of, like basically participation bike riding like the differences between the lowest rider in a category and the best rider in a category are huge you compare that to the top level bike race the differences between the best rider and the lowest yeah. rider are much are tiny in comparison so yeah. there's always going to be there's always going to be a gap between the best and the worst whatever category system you choose and that's always going to be quite a big gap couple that with the fact that it's the summer in the northern hemisphere fields are lower like it like you're never going to produce this sort of ideal race where everyone bunches in a peloton and we look like the sort of France and you can do breakaways, you can do these attacks because there's always going to be people who are just strong enough to hold away a bunch because that's the nature of like broad categories, isn't it? And with limited numbers, those categories have to be quite broad. Otherwise, like you'd be racing the one other person who's as good at you riding that's riding at the same time. And so, I mean, that would get really boring. Um, I'd still probably manage to lose most of the time, even racing myself. So, yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on this, or should we let Craig go uh, get his five-minute warm-up for the race in ten minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go enjoy. Go enjoy your warm-up. I had one quick thing about um, the pack dynamics. I was noticing in the TTT on Thursday, a my legs were really tired from a bit of DIY I'd been doing. <laughs> it was harder than normal. But B, I think it's interesting, and it's going to be interesting. I think it's easier to fall sideways out of the draft at the moment yep. um, so there's a few times i I was holding fairly steady watts and pe as people came past me holding like watts that i would expect to stay in the draft like i was only like 0.3 or 0.4 lower watts than them uh watts per kilogram even like because i was pushed to the side i just got dropped uh, and i think that's the effect of me being pushed out of the cone and then losing or like effectively having zero draft and then having to work to get back in which 
um makes it a bit harder you've got to pay a bit more attention but it's actually really cool because it's a bit more like real bike riding isn't it like if you're if you're not in the draft to somebody you're not in the draft to somebody you have to stick on the wheel and they can move sideways and if you're like daydreaming going out so yeah it, it's interesting to see i think slightly concerning that will it massively advantage people who've got a steering device um uh i i, I think I, a bit um i to me steve i think it's uh even if you don't have steering um, what it does do is in the TTT specific, I'm going to use the TTT because you brought that up as an example. Um, in the TTT, it's really going to reward teams that stay in line and don't pass each other during, you know, not outside of when they're doing the rotation. Because uh, I know yeah, so I, I've been on pace line over blob will be definitely pace line over blob. And I know I, I've been on some teams. Uh, that you know we've had the same guys over and over again and when you get when you get disciplined like that it, it, it does help a lot uh it did and it did back with pd2 and pd3 and uh it, it seems to with pd4 too uh but they're they're actually we're we're already they're doing test races for pd 4.1 so yep. they are uh already trying to refine this uh to kind of tweak things and and uh i think that the goal of allowing uh there to be breakaways off the front that and and have smaller groups or or lone riders be able to do the speeds of a group if the group isn't actually having someone pushing um is a really great goal because it means that the group has to push um the the first version apparently that wasn't quite working as as well as they'd hoped um there there was less rolling to the front but you as long as you were holding consistent power you still did have kind of people just rolling through to the front yeah. um and there's another uh little bit that they're adding where in order to pass somebody that has no draft you need to be doing the power that you would need to be going that speed to get ahead of them yeah. Um, so it, it actually is making passing harder at the front, um, which will slow down that group. Which is really, uh, as I think we mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's sticky draft 2.0, but I, I, I still don't think sticky draft was necessarily a horrible solution. It was, it just didn't work as the whole solution. And this, this is where I think it's a really tough challenge for Zwift, right? Because yeah. if I if I look at it as a game, a pure game, what would make the game most fun would be to make breakaways slightly too easy. So actually groups yeah. of two or three or four, I'd pick an arbitrary number, four riders max, really easier than them than for, say, five plus riders. Yeah. Like they five plus riders have to work a little bit harder as a group than the four because that would make the game the most fun because then suddenly you've got breakaways and it would feel like a race and you can go on a breakaway and you've got a chance and you'd have to work hard behind would that be the most realistic way of simulating what happens on the road no so but it's, it's i mean it's it's not got to be in between the two haven't you yeah it it might be more fun to have it actually be easier out front but it's it should be at least as hard on the front to make that chasing group go as fast yeah. as the rider out front and that's not the case mm. now which is why it's just been a blob of 
the blob chasing everyone down doing a watt per kilo lower uh for years now so i i do like yeah. this initiative and we'll see we'll see where it ends up no 100 percent. and like i say if it ended up slightly too far one way like it would make the game yeah. more fun and i mean they they are even doing something like that by uh reducing the aerodynamic drag essentially making you get into a tuck when you are uh out in front and making people sit up so mm. your actual drag now uh looks more like what you see on the screen when you're sitting up in the draft you actually have a higher drag yeah. Oh, All right. So, so in, in, a, that, in a completely non-serious way, we 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 solved this problem in the wombats whilst doing the TTT. So, <laughs> so bike changes are fussy. We decided if you rode on rollers, can you put your foot on the roller to stop yourself immediately? Um, we did think you could try the wahoo <laughs> kicker, but we kind of valued our toes and fingers and things. The other the other proposal we had is actually you can buy two rollers and sit them side by side, and when you hop between the two rollers, that's when you change uh, effectively lane you're on on Zwift um, to to move around in the sticky draft. So the wombats have solved it. We'll uh, we'll pitch that to Eric Min via James Bailey shortly, and uh, and see if that's the latest Zwift peripheral that's going to come out. Sounds good to me. All right. With that, uh, thanks to Steve Pritchard, thanks to Craig, and I'm Sean, and good night. Cheers. Bye. Yeah.